and we're back for another episode of Meatball Thoughts. I am your host, Tomas Sebastian. I'm with me today. I have a very special guest, previous uh, culinary buddy, uh, Mr. Alan Usher. How are you, sir? I'm good. And thanks for thanks for having me on. Thanks for thanks for agreeing to to having your voice put on the internet for fucking all of time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, like I said, we were, uh, we went to fucking culinary school together, which is like, it's rare. I feel like, look, I had like, I think I have one person from high school. I still talk to, I, and you're the one person from fucking culinary, or actually you, you and Sonia, you and Sonia. So there's two people from culinary school. Two people from culinary school. And that's it. I'm like, everybody else is like, you're all dead to me. I don't, I don't care. I think you're the only person left to, from culinary school. I still, for real. Yeah, I think so. There's a couple of people I. I you stay like, in touch with for a few years and then they kind of yeah, yeah. drop off the map. And then I showed up in the junction and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> those, are, those, are, those are dark times. Those are dark times in the junction. I'm sure you heard a fair amount of fucking gossip. It is what it is. We're much better now. Yeah. Life, life is life Life's is, all right. Life is okay. Um, uh, what's it called? So I... My idea, because you, sir, have transferred out of kitchens at this point, Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that, something of a topic that I've kind of been, I've been touching on here and there, and certainly talking about with people in my own personal life, where it's, I'm curious because I'm A, worried that I might not want to get offline but i know i need to get offline so it's like yeah was was that a transition for you first question was that a transition for you that was like was that a dilemma or was it a relatively easy transition um it got to a point where it was an easy transition Mm. there was there's a certain point where it would have been a dilemma and maybe i stayed too long or just long enough and it kind of with everything it didn't become that hard a choice. Really? I mean, it was it was during you know it was last year, COVID still going on, um, and you know I, I think I needed it for myself, and I just didn't see you know the end goal in the restaurant industry mm. for me a little yeah. bit. Right? I mean, I've always thought. I mean, for a lot of people, owning something is going to be the the end goal in the restaurant industry. Yeah. And you know, I looked at a lot of my other friends and, you know, where they are. And if I don't want to work for my, you know, if I don't want to open a restaurant, which, you know, I, you know, doesn't really seem like the best yeah. use of my money, especially in Toronto to, a, to open a restaurant. It seems I'm, like a really big I'm risk and gamble. Same camp. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, do I want to work at a hotel for the rest of my life? Do I want to work for a corporate place the rest of my life? You know, do I want to be the, just play you know, the head chef at, you know, O&B or Surcorp or, um, Kara foods, you know, Kara foods or, you know, or not that any of these are necessarily bad, Sure, but is, you know, like if you're, I jumped a little too quick to shit there, but yeah, if you're going to be happy working at, you know, in Moxie's or the keg or whatever, you know, if that's what's going to bring happiness to you and you're going to be mm-hmm. satisfied with your life, yeah, do it because yeah, there's, who, who there's, there's so much pretension about like what kind of food you're cooking and mm-hmm. what you're doing in this industry. It's, 
you know, it's, it's not needed. And there's, you know, we've put chefs on a pedestal and, mm. you know, a lot of some good things and a lot of bad things have come out of that, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you know, having more attention has been good for the, the industry in some ways, but mm. it's, you know, it, it's tough. And, you know, what did I, I look down the road and, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure I want to do any of those things. So mm. there comes a point where, yeah. you know, you kind of got to say, what am I going to do that's going to get me to the financial goals I want, to the level of stability I want? Because, you know, the, the industry is a, it's not a stable place. <laughs> I say, it's quite like even the, the most stable places yeah. don't seem really stable, right? Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. you can they, still they just can, get, they can go. things shift, things change, locations close. Mm-hmm. You can just not be not be there anymore, especially in this environment with, mm. uh, you know, all, all that we've faced in the last two years. So, yeah. you know, it's just it was time for me to to look at some other options. And I I love food. I'd still love to go back into something, you know, in that in that area where I you know have yeah. a passion where where I can connect to it, you know, more than just selling something I'm not really interested in so yeah. much. But you know, I, I needed a little. A little step back from the. I was the gonna say it's that it sounds like when I'm when I'm listening to your voice, it sounds like the separation was key, where you're just like you would reach that where mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, like pre-pandemic and leading up to the pandemic, were just like, yeah, I guess I'll just keep fucking plugging along, keep going, keep going, mm-hmm. keep going, and then like had that break, had those that like two months where they just didn't need to, to be online and be in service, mm-hmm. and they were just like oh, fuck, I can actually think about life and, like, yeah. where I want to go. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, I For fucking, a lot of people. Fuck yeah, I a have A lot options. of people. Yeah. You know, because with how how long, you know, I worked in kitchens for 14 years. How long mm-hmm. did you just keep going? I didn't have a lot of time off between jobs to think about that type of thing because I always mm-hmm. needed money, right, <laughs> in the in restaurant business. Yeah. So you just go from job to job to job. You keep working, you keep working. You don't have that time to, to think and reflect mm. a lot of the time. But it, it was good for a lot of people. And I think it, yeah. you know, it, I mean, I'm, it was I'm beneficial. It's funny because yeah. I'm at that like 14, 15 year mark right now. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck, I've spent more than half my life in kitchens. Yeah. It's like, and I'm 31 years old. Like, that seems insane to say where I'm like, we put our 10,000 hours in for sure. Probably more like 20,000 like at 20, this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me the red seal at this point. Fuck. Um, dude, that's, yeah. So I need to take a step back and just, you know, do something that's, and it wasn't restaurant related for a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And to just like, hey, let my mind expand into other places. Even, mm-hmm. even, even if like, I want to get back to it. I was going to say, or, even or something related to it. Like you were saying there where you're just like, look, I just need to do something that like, yeah, you don't necessarily enjoy you. Like your, your job right now is not like your be all and end all of passion. You're not no. like really super into selling, but, uh, moving. But you know what stuff, I probably like, love the most about it? Being able to walk away from the job at the end of the day and you're like, cool. and no one's calling me. Yep. No, yep. I'm not getting emails. No I'm not supply. thinking about who's going to show up the next day or whether yeah. my delivery is going to be on time or the prep list for the next day. I just walk out. Yeah. And you can and go home and I can enjoy your time with your wife. Go home and, and leave work chill. at like five o'clock, six o'clock, you know, yeah. maybe seven sometimes, but it's not 11 o'clock. 
Yeah. You know, my girlfriend works nine to five. It was, it's not one in the morning you're getting home and you've got like a little buzz on and you're like, I am fall asleep so I can do it all over again or whatever the case is. Right. I think for a lot of people, I eat on a better schedule. I sleep on a better schedule. I was going to say, you know, I I don't just skin, your skin looks a lot better from the last time I saw you. I don't stand for, you know, nine hours at a 10 hours more at a time in greasy air. And, you know, I'd never, never eat like a full meal because, you know, then you just want to like fall asleep on the, on the line and you don't want to do anything. So you're just picking at stuff all day or not eating or, Mm. you know, not taking care of yourself in the right way. There's a little little more happiness in your eyes. I think than the last time, because the last time we saw each other was what, like maybe six months in the pandemic. And we just like grabbed a coffee and sat in Bellwoods, I think. I think I had just were, started or we were just like, about you to were start. just about to leave yeah. the last restaurant you were at. And we're not yeah. going to name names. We're not going to talk shit. But um, hooey. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah, seem feel like a, a little bit of a weight's off, right? I was going to say, yeah. like, you just, you feel like your energy is, is warmer. Your heart seems a little more in, like, moving in a direction that you're, that like you can see mm-hmm. that you're enthused about and not not to say that you weren't always happy about food obviously that was the first thing mm-hmm. we fucking connected on was like food and weed mm-hmm. it was like yeah let's go smoke a joint and then let's go back to class and cook some tasty food yeah <laughs> right? like i mean that was the the pinnacle of our george brown uh right it's like it's experience <laughs> george clown shenanigans yeah um but like it's nice, man. It's nice to see that. And like you're saying too, it's like the passion doesn't have to go away. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm never going to touch a plate no. of food again or I'm never going to plate a dish again. It's I like, cook more at home now. Fucking I enjoy cooking more at home now. Yeah. And you yeah. can actually like, you can actually take the time where you're like, oh yeah, you know what? I haven't had like French onion soup in a while or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I have like, a passion thing I want to make at home. I'll make it. Yeah. I don't hate, you know, there's not a pile of dishes and I'm like, oh, more dishes. (laughs) You're not hating yourself because you're like, oh, it wasn't done perfect. You're like, fuck, I haven't made this dish in a while, but it's still pretty damn fucking good for me not making it in two years or something like that. Exactly. It's like, and I think that's the piece for me that I'm like, because I've been floating this idea around of like, you know, I'd like to get offline in the next five or six years. And I don't exactly know what that's going to look like Mm -hmm. in its entirety yet. But I'm take I'm starting to take small steps towards that, mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is important for me so that I can spend more time with my niece and my nephew as they grow up. Mm-hmm. I can spend more time traveling to go see my sister in Germany or um, my my younger sister lives in Guelph. It's like mm-hmm. I can just spend a little more time with the people I love. Absolutely, and I know you've you've touched on this before, and you know and other podcasts you've done is you know chefs are really tied to their identities or at least i was for you know a long time that we we you know you meet someone you meet someone you start talking about your job and oh this person came into my restaurant and oh the check out this dish i made and it's very yeah it's very ego driven Mm. a lot of the time and we we become tied to you know when you'd, you'd go out, right, and meet other people in the industry mm. and you'd judge them based on where they where cook, they work, where yeah. they work, <laughs> what they're doing, who they who, work for, what their know. position yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Right? We've all had those conversations, especially usually after about two, three in the morning and you just run into somebody at the after hours. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, do you like that, that person because they're a good person or because they, mm-hmm. you know, 
you 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 think they're cool and you want to be their friend because they you know worked with so and so and so and so. But well, and that was the crazy part about those about those conversations that I used to have with people. I don't have them anymore because like I don't I don't really see many people. <laughs> just like mm-hmm. I'm either scheduled the piss out of my days off or I just like don't have time or I don't make the time I should say. But um, but like those conversations used to just be like. Oh, they used to be draining because you're like, you would just try and puff your chest up. Like I used to, my mm. line would be like, yeah, I've worked at, worked at Grace and then Edgeless and then Electric Mud. And I was on the En Route, um, en Route magazine's thing two years in a row because I was yeah. the first year was with Edgeless and then the next year was with Mud. You're just reading out your cover letter right? whenever it's you like, meet it's people. Fucking, <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest shit. And you're like, oh, wait, nobody, Who am I trying nobody to impress gives here? a fuck. Yeah. I'm just trying to validate especially all people, the hours that I've dedicated to someone else's vision. Exactly. And especially people who don't work in the, the industry, oh, look nothing. at you like you're means nothing to like them. on Mars. They're like, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah. I don't really care. Why do you well, work you shut up hours about a day? Your, yeah. you know, <laughs> your job and your abusive, <laughs> you know, abusive practices at your, uh, you know, right. at your job. Yeah. Like, Hey, um, you, there's a lot of cuts and burns on your arm. Like, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm fine. I'm great. Mm-hmm. With like a big fucking smile on your face. And oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, aren't they great? Like, no, no, yeah. they're not. No, I knew <laughs> guys would be working in like Europe and come back and all oh, like me to get paid. Yeah, scars <laughs> on their arms from like, yeah, chef burning them with a blowtorch or like something like that. Isn't Intentionally because they like fucked something up. Or, Which is like, you know, they're getting day rate, they're working 16 hours a day, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, we don't have those kind of military-style places here so much anymore. But Not as much anymore. Uh, we, we used to a little bit, and we've all worked with those. I used to. Those people from I've, the old school. Yeah, I've worked I've worked in a couple of kitchens that were like, they were, they were kind of, I mean, for lack of a better term, just depressing. Like, yeah. exciting, but depressing nonetheless. Like, mm. the energy that was flowing through them was not, like... It wasn't, it wasn't something overly productive. And when you, when you look at those people running those kitchens, those chefs, right? Mm. When they're maybe a little older than, than we are now, mm. a lot of them. And you looked at them, but did you ever say like, I want to be that guy? Never. Or were these people like Never said I angry, to be, just said I bitter, to work for them. jaded? They're very talented cooks yeah. and chefs a lot of the time, but... Yeah. But a lot of the time they weren't, you're like, wow, I don't really want the level of fulfillment this guy has, or I'm, you know, yeah, you know, have serious I mean, depression. <laughs> and the beauty, and like, that's the thing is like, I'm thinking of one specific restaurant. I'm not going to name it, but of course, where I worked, that was just like, I wanted to work there so bad and I wanted to be the sous chef there. And mm-hmm. as soon as I got it, as soon as I was the sous, I was the sous for a year mm-hmm. at this restaurant. And it was like, Oh, this is exactly what I don't want. Oh, hmm. oh, oh! This means nothing. Yeah, it means nothing because I'm still just doing the exact same fucking work yeah. that I was be... before that wasn't fulfilling. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it takes like there's some people, some of the you know, some of the best chefs in the city are those those people who run their own kitchens. They run their own restaurant. Mm-hmm. They're there every single night behind the stove. If they're not there, the restaurant's not open, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's like that's. A lifestyle. That's not a job. That's a lifestyle you're living. That's a, you've opened a business to create a permanent job for yourself. 
basically, right? Because no, you can't hire someone to do what you're doing because the restaurant is based on yeah. you being behind that stove. With your creativity. Every single night. Yeah. I mean, case in point, that's Toby and Michael at Edgeless. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Never, every, he's, he's never not That's one of the people the that kitchen. I'm thinking about. And I respect the guy hugely. Yeah. You know, I respect Michael and Toby hugely for that. I, you know, yeah. Edgeless is a fantastic you know, place to go and have a meal. But, but not everyone who works in the industry, you know, wants that as the yeah the and, end goal. And doesn't adopt that lifestyle. Yeah, which they don't have to. And that's, that's but they do it because they're they're doing it out of principle, right? Yeah, it's not like well, they're that, like, that, oh, we could just hire someone and that's like who they are. get them to yeah. cook our food, and like you know, then we can just sit on a beach somewhere and you know yeah. wait for the checks to roll in. I mean, well, it's not realistic most of the time, but even yeah. if it was, yeah. they wouldn't do it. No, no, because it's not who they are as people. No. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's just, is that what you want? It's like probably... For me personally? Probably not. <laughs> Fuck no, dude. No, I'm like, I'm in a position now at the diner where it's like... I'm I'm in a very fortunate position. And Matt and I actually talked about this on the last episode. Um, that... Like I feel very fortunate to be where I am, and it's not uh, by no stretch of the imagination do I look at it as chance. Like I've dedicated half of my career mm-hmm. to the owner of the diner, mm-hmm. to Ben. I've worked two and a half, three years for him at Mud. I worked three years now for him here. Like mm-hmm. half of my career has been spent with one person, and I feel that it's been worth it. Like it's, it's, it's paid off in this really weird, satisfactory mm-hmm. kind of way Yeah. where like, look, the business isn't mine. I don't need it to be for me to understand the mentality and what needs to take place there. Of it's, course. It's, yeah, just, I mean, it's just eggs, potatoes and fucking bacon, man. And like, yeah, but like the, the amount of satisfaction that I get from that place now is, is more than any restaurant I've ever worked in. Mm hmm. And it's and that's important. It is fucking yeah. a dude, but it's like it's also it's also one of those things that I know that'll dwindle, and and I, I don't you... I don't look forward to it mm-hmm. kind of fading, and I don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Why do you think it's gonna dwindle? Because you're not because you're I'm getting already... to a point where you're not challenging yourself, or there's not enough growth long term, or I think more it's not it's not sustainable for me physically. Yeah. And I'm looking like I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm now in my early thirties. I, I have some pretty constant aches and pains and I'm not 22 years old and can't bounce back from fucking anything. But the anymore. thought of being, you know, 40 something and being behind the line, it's also, it's a little, little depressing. Yeah. <laughs> fucking for sure. For sure. Yeah. You know, I, I look, yeah. you know, and- I'd rather be 40 something and be teaching the next generation. Mm hmm. Like I'd rather be 42 years old, let's say in 10 years. I'd rather be 42 years old and be like, be at like Centennial or or um, or George Brown or like Humber or something like mm-hmm. that, giving someone a real representation, unlike the representation that we got in school. Yeah. Where they were like, yeah, figure out how to use this aspic that mm-hmm. nobody fucking uses anymore. Well, like, I mean, there's always a... There's something good about learning the classics, but, you know, I, I had one teacher who would, you know, tell us, say you make a $3 bowl of consomme into a $5 bowl of consomme. There you go. Right? And you're like, it just, there's a disconnect, right? Yeah. And, you know, the classics are important, but there's a lot of, 
you know, a lot, how, how to, how to manage a kitchen, how mm -hmm. to, how to do a lot of things. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of, don't get me wrong. A lot of people at George Brown who are like, there's, there's definitely a benefit mm -hmm. to George Brown. Mm -hmm. There is a benefit to that system. I think when we were in school, mm -hmm. uh, some of the professors that, cause we weren't, we didn't have all the exact same classes, but no. like, uh, or exact same uh, professors, but it was like, I think some of them had just been there too fucking long. Absolutely. And I think we're both thinking of that old fucking six, six foot six British dude. I forget his name. Uh, was Professor his name? Brown. Was it Brown? Uh, he's okay. the one who was 81 or 82. Yeah. yeah. And he had to sit down in the middle of the class old because British he wouldn't dude, finish big it. Duster. Yeah. Did finish like, the demo. He taught <laughs> Professor Wolfman when he was at George Brown. Right. Like he taught years another one that. of the professors who was in his like probably 50s. When we were yeah. maybe it late was, 40s, It 50s. was bananas. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, bro, you haven't been in a kitchen in 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. And like, and but like his his execution of the classics was yeah. unparalleled. Like, his, Absolutely. He could turn a potato better than anybody I've ever met in my life. Yeah. But like, he had zero sense of urgency. And can you do, I mean, there are different <laughs> skills that are applicable now, right? Yeah. I mean, there's certain things that you know, those chefs in the old school, they didn't do during their day, right? How mm -hmm. to, how to run modern equipment, right? Like, is that guy going to be, you know, flipping on the Paco jet and making you yeah, know, or stuff in there? Has he even touched soon? a sous vide before? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. And you know, that's fine to, to learn that. But mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of just, it, it, it's cooking such a hard thing to teach. Mm. It's very intuitive. It's very intuitive. Yeah. It's extremely broad. There's so many niches and, little things it's it's hard to say what should be taught and what shouldn't be mm. one of my one of my chefs who i worked for a long time ago he used to you know say to all the new students who came in and he was a young guy too he had he'd gone to george brown and said you know we they should have a class at george brown for tasting bad food and how to know when food's gone bad they should just Fucking get all the kids a, dude you know, spoonful of like milk, one week, two weeks, three weeks, once it gone bad. Like every class you just How start off it? like, hey, is this cheese bad or not? You tell me, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. When should you throw out the chicken in your fridge and when you should you try to serve it to someone? Oh my God. Oh uh, yeah, that would be hilarious. I mean, I suppose the more more the piece, it's not so much the like the individual lessons that I think I'm I'm critiquing or that I'm thinking that were a lackluster knowledge. It was more the, the mentality, like it wasn't impressed upon. I, or at least I don't remember it in such a way that it was, it was made like noteworthy that you should be pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. It was always like, from my understanding, it was work for this, work for team. this person, do it for, mm -hmm their vision and it's like yeah you 100 percent have mm. to do that you have to figure out how to work within a group whether it's one person two people 10 people doesn't mm. matter you have to figure out how to work with other people and most of the time people in kitchens are fucking insane so it takes a lot of time to get used to that yeah it takes a good five years i would say at mm. least at least five years to just be like Oh, okay, I know when to talk and when I, not to talk. I think that's true of a lot of workplaces, you know. People don't, to, mm. to get those social dynamics and, and the professional dynamics, yeah. you know, when you're right out of school, you, mm. don't, you don't know a lot of things. How to communicate things to your bosses. Yeah. How to, 
how to respond, how to ask for a raise, how to ask for a promotion. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't, and or, or just even work day to day in in and, kitchens. And I think that's very true. That's a good. That's a really good point. Like, and I I sure as fuck didn't know it for like. When I went into school, I had a couple of years of experience mm -hmm. and then got out of school and it took me another probably three or four years to get wow. like air quotes comfortable in a kitchen mm -hmm. to the point where I knew I could like rock service. Yeah. I knew but, I knew I could. I, I think, knew I could hold the station down. Yeah. And but there's a lot of people coming out of George Brown who aren't necessarily who didn't go down the path we did. True. People who are True. going to. Maybe they went food science. Maybe they went recipe testers. Maybe they no, went but I think a lot of people in institutional cooking and yeah. like that. There's a certain element of that in George Brown. How do you? Oh yeah. Make food for the ACC. How do you make it for a school or a jail or a hospital or yeah. you know produce five hundred of yeah. these things and and have the proper food handling skills because it comes you know it's it's crucial at that level, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, it's you know it's a different world and i think they're you know preparing a lot of people for that right because not everyone's gonna well not everyone. do what we did and, and certainly every... certainly a lot of people wouldn't have the mentality of like i want to go into i want to go into something that is so like eh, niche is the wrong word but like <clears throat> i don't want to work for a conglomerate like I don't know about you, but like I, before I went to school, I was at a golf course and I was mm -hmm. just like, well, I know I don't want to make fucking, uh, uh do weddings for 500 mm -hmm. people. Like, yeah. nah. And I was like, okay, well, I guess my only other option is a small restaurant, like mm -hmm. a, like a 40, 50 seater. And then I did that and I was like, uh, maybe I don't want to do that. Like maybe I, maybe I want something else, but, um, not sure um okay sorry we're getting we're getting the nod uh from my roommate we have someone coming to view the apartment but um so we're gonna pause this and we'll come right back in a moment we are talking about uh restaurants versus first hotels <laughs> pausing unpaused and we're back oh my god okay um <laughs> Sorry, I just had to quickly uh, uh, show show a room and the house to potential uh, new roommate. Um, we were talking about restaurants versus hotels. Just the next steps after you know what do you what do you do if you're not behind the line? Yeah, cooking? so I think. Hmm. Like, where do you you're you're talking about your you know those, those thoughts are running through your head a little bit of. What's the next thing? What's where do I see myself other than behind and, the line? And it's funny, I think more and more now these days, especially I think just because I've started exercising my 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 talking muscles, certainly with the podcast, is like mm -hmm. not doing like not doing like talks or like or 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 presentations or any of that bullshit, but like certainly almost speaking to students or young cooks where it's like, look, man, I didn't get the heads up in this way about the industry. Mm -hmm. There's broken ass people. A lot of them need help, but won't accept it mm -hmm. or don't seek it out. And here's some ways that you can avoid those tropes. Yeah. Avoid the it's pitfalls like, of avoid. The and like, 
for some of it, it's kind of good to get in those pitfalls because I wouldn't have the mindset I have today without them. Like I wouldn't have the mindset I have today without oh, and some addiction errors or I mean, some, some like losing my fucking mind or like mm-hmm. heartbreak or things like that mm-hmm. that came with the industry. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you can necessarily separate the industry from those things. There's no. always going to be those no. entry level jobs that are going to be attracting they just you know, suck. every sometimes every type of person but like right? also jobs just sometimes suck and that's okay absolutely like, and okay that's not ex- just to work a that's shitty not fucking cook job kitchens yeah. right oh, there's a lot of it. jobs out there that suck you know the guy who paints yeah. the lines on the road you know you be, <laughs> yeah you think that guy was growing up that as a kid being like yeah, i really want to paint the yellow lines not the white lines <laughs> like you gotta work your way up to the (laughs) took me fucking three years of painting white lines to get these the 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 segmented yellow lines man like wait till wait a few more years i'll be doing bike lanes (laughs) (laughs) but like i think it's i think i would i could see myself and i think maybe that's why i'm leaning towards like a teaching kind of a gig in the future is like something you can pass some knowledge on is look like I'm not the most creative cook. I'm not uh, uh, the best cook I know. I'm not Mm -hmm. any of that. But what I do think I do almost to a fault sometimes Mm -hmm. is I'm pretty fucking honest. Like uh, uh, at at times to a fault. And I think that's a quality of a very good teacher as they can be. Like look, Be honest, be realistic. Yeah. You know, the best chefs out there aren't necessarily the best teachers of cooking true you know true and like i'm not even trying to teach you like look i can teach you how to brunoise a shallot sure mm-hmm. it's light work mm-hmm. but like to teach you how to cope with someone else's expectation of the world mm-hmm. is way harder and is going to take way more practice like the amount of times i've had chefs look at me and be like like in the past where i thought it was about me Mm-hmm. And like, sure, maybe I maybe I made a mistake and like my cut was a little off on whatever the fuck and they snapped on me. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not actually a reflection of who I was, but I internalized it to a place of I'm a bad person. Absolutely. And, and learning how to separate that is like to just be like, oh, that's not about me. That's mm-hmm. just about the chef. I feel like I am. I'm I'm getting better and better at that that's, as that's it goes. Not exclusive to cooking. I mean, there's a lot of people who don't know how to manage people. Mm-hmm. And they manage through or manage, the way they manage their their own emotions when dealing with that other person. Exactly. And I mean, most people in the cooking industry, you know, when I had my first management jobs, I probably wasn't a very good person to work for. And yeah. we don't we don't teach people how to mm. how to manage people and we often have a lot of really poor role models or at least mm. it was that way when i was Same. growing up either Same. you know people who are young and well-meaning and they're just trying to cope but they don't necessarily have those skills either yeah or you know people who are bitter and jaded and angry and you know they took that out on on other people mm. right and i i i've been that you know that person and oh, dude, you know there's a point where i realized it and you just and I think that was maybe why I, you know, went a little away from, you know, really the high end fine dining, yeah. you know, trying to work at the, you know, this, the, you know, the, 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 the name, the spot. the spot. Yeah. Yeah. Pick, pick your fucking yeah. poison. Right. It's like, do you, 
do you want to just continue to inflate yours and someone else's ego or are you trying to actually contemplate mm-hmm. why you're doing what you're doing yeah 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 and i mean when i was at the uh oh, when i was at the fish shop like that was something where it's one of the places i really felt you know satisfied and fulfilled at the mm. end of the day a lot of the time yeah you know and it was we didn't have a hierarchy in the kitchen we just had everyone knew how to do the the dishes everyone was experienced we paid well we tip shared we didn't have a hierarchical system we didn't have a lot of ego and Mm. it it, was came with its own set of challenges yeah because you'd have one person's like i'm gonna make this dish this way and the other person's gonna be like i'm gonna make it this way and there's no one to say (laughs) do it my way or get out yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it came with you know its own set of challenges but you know, it was a new way to look at things and hmm. you know, we we don't always have to do the way things the way they've been done. Well, and I think that's that's the biggest piece is like it's a new way of looking at something. And I think that like kicking it back to earlier in the conversation where it's like we had chefs in school or professors in school rather that were that were there for 30, 40 years and you're like you don't have fresh eyes, man. Mm-hmm. You don't have fresh eyes. When was the last time you picked up, you know, uh, Toronto Life's restaurant guide or something like that? Like, probably not for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have fresh eyes. And it's not to say that you don't have knowledge, but I think your knowledge well, is outdated or could could mm-hmm. be outdated. Yeah. Could not necessarily is, but could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and just from talking to... Uh, uh, like professors at George Brown. I know uh, one of the guys who basically is running the pastry department there. Um, and he was telling me like at least 60% of the professors there is just like they come in, they phone it in, they do the thing. They don't even, they don't go out to eat at like a new spot. Like mm-hmm. they don't, you know, every couple months they won't they won't be like looking at the toronto life thing and being like oh that's a new restaurant maybe mm-hmm. i'll go check that out next month or something but how do you keep that passion yeah right how do you especially when how it, do you <laughs> how do you be happy in this industry for a long time and how do you mm-hmm. how do you not let it i feel like I, other things you do i mean can you see yourself like do you want to i'll continue I'll, with cooking I'll always be around yeah. food in some yeah, capacity in some capacity but yeah. i think i think the if I'm online past 40, something went wrong. Mm-hmm. At least just not, not maybe, maybe wrong is the, but I didn't, I didn't take the necessary steps to better myself and put myself in a more mm-hmm. equitable situation. Mm-hmm. And maybe is a really political way of putting it i guess and um but like like i saying, there's hard it's it's hard to see those role models like i want to follow this path and do yeah, this yeah. right unless you want to be climb the corporate ladder um, it's it, it's a tough business and i mean that's it, it's like that for a lot of businesses but yeah food, you know, food has a weird i think because it is such an artistic pursuit in some regards oh definitely it becomes this thing where no path is like i i listen to a lot of Mm-hmm. comics podcasts and stuff like that and their whole thing is like what works for one comic doesn't work for another yeah. because they're two different styles so like just because i see this person who did this in food and then they went off to do these things doesn't mean that that's going to be 
doesn't make me applicable be able to, do it. Yeah. to 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 my passion or, or my and, outlook on life and yeah and in such a you know artistically driven career it's about being in the right place at the right time mm. you know some of it's just you know luck but also you have the you know the the, the more expensive food you're doing and the more prestige you're probably gaining in the the industry there's the more egos attached yeah and and the less money you're making until you know you start putting your name on you know yeah everything that every person that comes up to you is like oh put your name on this or yeah yeah, yeah. we'll give you a show or some dave chang shit oh yeah a little bit (laughs) have you followed his instagram at all yeah yeah i follow him on instagram but how do you feel about dave chang poaching eggs in a bowl in the microwave I'm, I'm okay with that he can do what he wants to do if he can know, get people to pay lots of money I for I was, I was eggs poached in the microwave that's great yeah. i mean the no, joe totally. beef guys uh oh, yeah. fred moran micro uh foie gras or oh, microwave yeah <laughs> that's fine it's true there's, there's it's so true you know i know people so who worked true. at the bernardin and they're microwaving vegetables there for real for real well they Whoa. were years and years ago i don't know if they're <laughs> they're still doing that but there's yeah, yeah. a time and a place for yeah microwaves i don't think they're necessarily uh in the restaurant thing not in my in my opinion in my opinion i don't like having them in my in kitchens i I was running but but are they useful for some things do you want to if if your butter's in the fridge and you got to soften it and you can't do anything like true you can't just throw it above the grill because you're gonna have a pile of you know (laughs) solid but like there's a half melted iceberg of solid butter in you know, just yeah. the rest is clarified by that point. So, you know, uh, it's, there's, there's tools that are useful sometimes as much as we like to make fun of. This is true. I just of microwaves. I went off on a rant like a couple yeah. weeks ago. Do, do I want to sous vide everything? No. Do Ooh. I think it's useful? Sure. For in some, things, in some applications. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'd rather cook stuff in probably like a, in a fat some, some sort kind. of. Yeah. Or yeah. in an earthenware vessel, like in an oven at a really low temperature. Yeah. That's just going to be just as good as sous vide, and I think mm. it's it's okay, better. Now, now we're just talking about too much food. I'm getting anyway, fucking hungry. Yeah. Um. Let's wrap it up. Um. Really, really appreciate you agreeing to have your voice record forever and ever on the interwebs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um. It's nice to catch up. It was great to catch up. Thanks for thanks for having me. I always I appreciate always it. a pleasure. We'll have you on again soon um you know spend a little or sorry let's make these these gaps between seeing each other shorter and shorter and shorter yeah super super let's do it yeah Uh, it's it's good to you know reconnect with people um do you do shout outs on your podcast yeah we do yeah all right i'm gonna okay let's just um you know shout out my my partner claire i love you you're amazing you're the best um I don't know what I'd do without you. And then I just want to give a shout out to uh, the late John Bill, who I worked with at mm. Honest Weight. Keep on shocking. Fucking and uh, my my friend Daniel, he just opened up a bakery a little while ago. Oh, what's it it's called? It's in the junction. It's called Noctua. Noctua. It's Noctua. It's, okay. uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that perfectly. It's named after a Venezuelan bookstore. All right. So it, All right, cool. Yeah, it's where he grew up in Venezuela. Noctua. He's an amazing Noctua. baker. Noctua. 
Yeah, it's in the old yeah. Vesuvio space in the junction. Ah, right. Yeah. That's a fucking sick space. It's a great space. That's awesome. They're baking all kinds of stuff. Go sick. check it out. Get the lemon curd Danish or just get oh. just get everything there. It's you can't go wrong. But uh, you know, awesome. pay them a visit. They're they're putting a lot of love into everything. Fucking a, dude. That's awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, okay. Um, yes, let's go. Let's go find some food because we're already sitting at like forty plus minutes now. Um, well, you're gonna have to edit some stuff out. There's Mm-mm. probably no edit. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm too lazy for that shit. Uh, I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, thanks for having me on, Tom. Cheers. Bye for now, everybody. <laughs>